Welcome, Bears fans, to another episode of Bear Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And we're happy to be back. The Jamokes have been off on a little bit of a bye, and uh, we're here to talk about it. Um, go ahead, Jim. Yeah, sorry for not getting an episode out last week. Uh, there was a lot of travel between Tom and myself, and it just didn't work out. And with the Bears being on the bye, we just gave ourselves a bit of a bye week. Um, and a couple of people asked me why we didn't do a recording, which proves that at least two people are listening. So <laughs> thank you to you. Uh, but happy to be back next week. Uh, sorry, happy to be back this week. Unfortunately, talking again about another Bears loss, but actually a game that was surprisingly fun to watch um, because it was kind of like going into the game. It was basically Justin Fields versus the best team in the NFC, and Justin Fields found a way to keep the game relatively close. The defense, I thought, played pretty well. Pretty well. Actually did a nice job of slowing down that Eagles rushing attack and creating some turnovers and giving the Bears an opportunity to win the game. So it was a game that I think a lot of Bears fans has circled as one that could have been really painful, but it actually turned into a a decent viewing experience and kind of a fun game, even though the Bears ended up losing at the end. Agreed. Uh, You know, other than the, um, the busted play, uh, with um uh with uh what's his face running uh right up the gut yeah um, hurts yeah with hurts running right up the right up the gut there uh <laughs> which i mean that could happen to any team at any time you know i mean that's it was just busted coverage uh you know uh, brisker was in the was in the wrong hole yeah, and that's what they said i mean it was one of those plays where uh if you if you if you buy into the theory that the Bears are tanking on purpose, that that looked like a play where they were trying to give up a touchdown because <laughs> there was just nobody in the middle of the field, and like you said, Brisker blitzed and just went to the wrong gap, so it was kind of just a rookie mistake, and he ended up kind of running into his own defensive tackle there, and Hurts basically just had a, a ocean to, to walk into the end zone, right. so. That didn't look good, uh, but otherwise, I mean, I thought the defense uh, gave a very, a very good accounting for themselves, even though they were definitely under undermatched from a talent perspective. Yeah, you know that that was um, one of the things that I thought was good for us to see is that this is the team that we could become, and. I, I've told you before, I, I think that Hertz and Fields are very comparable, except Hertz is bigger and faster. I mean, uh, Fields is bigger and faster than Hertz. Uh, but, um, you know, this is, this is what we're looking for, is uh, a, a dynamic defensive line, um, good uh, secondary, uh on the offense, uh, a, a quarterback that is a, a true dual threat, um, a wide receiver core that has multiple options, uh, a good running back, um, a solid offensive line. They, they've, th- this didn't just happen to them. They've built up. And they were a team that was smart enough to take a chance on Hertz in the second round. We had the opportunity to do that. 
we chose to take Komet instead. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you say that because the Eagles are, are really a team that if you're the Bears, you're kind of looking as your model, right? Like like you Absolutely. said, they, they have the dual threat quarterback, and it was interesting because I was, I was listening to Boomer Esiason this week, and he yeah he was actually saying he thinks Fields is better than Hurts, and and I agree. I but I agree as well. The Eagles they invested heavily uh, in the trenches on on both sides of the ball. They have maybe the best, certainly one of the best offensive lines in the league. They have a really strong defensive line. They made the big trade for A.J. Brown last offseason, and he's having an uh, all-pro year. They Brilliant! Drafted. What was that? <laughs> brilliant! That was a brilliant <laughs> trade! Yeah, yeah. They, they drafted Devontae Smith in the first round. You saw the impact he had on the game. Uh, they, they've got some other impact, impact players on, on their defense, and then they just filled in kind of the other parts of their roster with just really solid NFL players. So it's a team that has done a really, really good job building up their roster, and we see them now atop the NFC, and they're going to be filling in pretty much all of the NFL award markets. They're going to win executive of the year. They're probably going to win coach of the year, and they're going to have home field advantage throughout the NFC playoffs. So if, if you're the Bears, there's a lot of lessons to be had from that group, and you hope that Ryan Poles kind of follows the same model that Howie Roseman did over there because if he's able to replicate what the Eagles have done, the, the future is very bright. Absolutely. Uh, they have the kind of team that could be – that's built well, uh, that, that could be a, a powerhouse for the next, you know, three years. And, uh, that's, it all starts back to that quarterback position. We, as a clan, as a group, as painful as the last 20 years have been, this is new territory. We're finding out something that we haven't got to find before in having somebody back there who's not injured, who's able to make every throw, who is faster than most of the other players on the field. I came up with a new, uh, with a new nickname, a new moniker for Justin Fields. Next Gen. <laughs> Seriously, I think I that it. should be his. You know why? Because he is next gen. You know, we were, uh, that, that game was, uh, the Eagles game was going. And, uh, you know, we had that, uh, uh, that, that chain, uh, that, that text chain that we usually uh, chime in on from uh, Guillotine League. And uh, I think it was Melissa who chimed in and said, that run right there that 50-plus yard run, was Madden in real life, you know? I mean, that's what he is. People, you know, even the even the Eagles came away saying, wow, um, holy smokes, is that guy good? He's going to be really something when the team develops more, you know? Uh, his, his speed is ridiculous you know it's it's like we're, we're getting to see a player go to new levels almost weekly 
Yeah, and like you said, Madden. I was at I was at the bar with a guy that said it's like Superman out there. It it really is. It's and, and it's not like he was going up against a scrub defense. The Eagles have one of the better defenses in the league, and like you said, Darius Slay, one of their best players, uh, you know, basically an All Pro cornerback, was was raving about Fields after the game and just how talented he is and just how impressed they were with his skill set. I mean, he basically kept that game close by himself. I mean, <laughs> all, all, all of his receivers were out. The offensive line is getting worse and worse by the week. Uh, Jenkins obviously went down early in the game. Whitehair has just been playing terribly. And for the most part, everybody else is just kind of keeping a spot warm until they can invest in better players in the offseason and leatherwood absolutely brutal yeah that 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 experiment is not is not going well (laughs) it does i i don't i don't know what the plan is with him but you can't have him out there if he's gonna let guys just completely unabated to the quarterback like he was doing but that's that's a topic of conversation for another time i think but you see, you just see Fields' ability to keep the Bears in the game despite just having absolutely nothing around him. It's it's just really impressive, and um, I love the the next gen nickname because there's a lot of people that kind of just cling to this theory that well he, he's going to get hurt because he runs a lot, or you can't have a sustainably long career playing the style he does, and it's just like. Guys, this isn't twenty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's look at look at all of the elite quarterbacks right now. They're they're not taking seven step drops and reading the field. They all have the ability to make things happen with their legs. And I saw a tweet going around this week. I can't remember who it was from, but it was like, well, Kyler Murray's hurt and Lamar Jackson's hurt, and it listed off a couple other quarterbacks who are mobile that are hurt. And it's like, see, this is proof that you shouldn't be building around a quarterback that is going to look to run like Fields does. And it's like, well, look at who is coming to town this week in the yeah. Buffalo Bills. Josh, Josh Allen runs more than anybody. I, I don't think he's hurt. And he throws his body around like he's trying to break uh, into a roster because he's undrafted from some small school. Like <laughs> That's just the style of quarterback in 2022. And it's not going to change. It's just going to keep getting the positions just going to keep getting more and more dynamic and people just have to get used to it and, and stop saying that, Oh, well, it needs to be somebody like Brady or Peyton Manning. That is just dropping back and winning from the pocket. That's just not the case anymore. Right. And uh, if you do want to look uh, in reverse, you want to uh, explore history uh, fans out there do so. Look at Steve Young. Hmm, I think he did pretty well with his running ability. Uh, how about, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's the uh, other one that I'm thinking of that, uh, uh, oh, Favre. Yeah. Favre had great running ability. Good escapability his, was his a little bit more. Rodgers, too. Rodgers is famous for being able to extend plays. Until he finds some guy who's wandering around out in the field with nobody around him for 15 yards. And, and then Rod, he runs for Rod, a 60-yard touchdown against the Bears. Again, Rodgers spent a lot of time 
getting just absolutely pummeled because he was playing behind a terrible line for many, many years. It's like these guys are going to take hits one way or the other. It's just, and football players are going to get injured. It just is kind of a inherent part of the game that it's risky. Every play, something negative can happen, and you just are kind of hoping that you get through each play and kind of live live into the next one, right? And just people just seem to forget that. People think that, oh, if you're standing in the pocket, there's no way you could ever get hurt. It's just not true. Yeah, and, you know, uh, Bears fans had that in their face um, more than a lot of other teams, and that was simply because the line was never very good in front of Jay Cutler. It never was. Um, I mean, you can look at some of the some of the seasons maybe and say, you know, it was okay. It was average. I don't think you could ever look at a single one of their offensive lines though and say it was good from you know side to side uh, with each position. And yeah. he got pummeled in the pocket. A lot worse than a lot of t- uh, a lot of other players, uh, especially ones that played as long as he did, you know. So I-, I think we've seen that up close, and you know that was one of the things that hurt the team while he was playing with them, was because he did have a lot of ding injuries, you know. And uh, you've pointed out before that you know his best season, he broke his hand. Yeah, I uh, broke his hand because he was trying to tackle somebody that had intercepted a a ball where his receiver had fallen down, like just the classic Jay Cutler story of the Bears. (laughs) Just whenever something was going right, it it would just, there there was just a a break of bad luck. And I mean, that was another thing with Cutler was the Bears didn't really invest in the wide receiver position for several years. So uh, obviously that's a story that we're all familiar with. Um, I, one, one thing I actually wanted to talk about, and it's, we, we haven't spent much time this year talking about the defense because in large part it, it hasn't been very good, but they played really well against the Eagles and Jalen Johnson versus AJ Brown was a really fun matchup. Gordon had his best game. Brisker uh, played well apart from the blown blitz, you know, that's going to happen. And there, there were a lot of other guys in the front seven that kind of showed up and actually was able to, to stifle that Eagles run game a, a bit. I mean, going into the game, I, I, I would have said that the Eagles were going to run for like 400 yards because <laughs> they're, they're just that good of a run game. So yeah. the, the front seven showed up to play and played really hard and kept the Bears in the game. I, I mean, I, I was kind of just thinking about this. It seems like the Bears have found a lot of kind of decent rotational players that I think can be a part of this defense Agreed. next year. I think that they just they, they need their their stars. They need a couple of studs on the line, and they need a linebacker. But I think there's a lot of pieces here that can be rotational guys, and I, I know that's not necessarily something to be excited about, but going into this year, you didn't really have any idea if you were going to be taking any players off of this defense going into next year, right? And I, I think that there are definitely are some pieces here nobody that's going to be a star but when you talk about some of these young players uh, obviously Sanborn has done a nice job I wrote down Jalen Jones who was the quarterback the cornerback starting opposite of Johnson I thought he had a really nice game and he's shown up as kind of a second uh, corner that's played really well 
Uh, I like some of the things you see from guys like Armand Watts or Mike Pinnell. I mean, these aren't going to be players that you're building your defense around, but you're looking for guys going into next year that you can at least kind of place on the roster and feel decent about. And I think there are some of those guys. It's just that the, the Bears now need to focus on investing in getting some impact players on that defense. And I think if they can do that, right. this defense could actually be a bit of a pleasant surprise going into next year. Cause I think some of these, uh, kind of call it fill-in guys who actually played pretty well, at least over the last few weeks. You know, um, I, I agree with I agree with that completely. Uh, the Eagles, to me, are the epitome of balance. Uh, they have balance all over that team. And, um, yeah, they have a, a good crop of these guys that uh, we have right now that aren't necessarily your your top players, but they're really good number twos or number threes, but they have the top flight guys. And, um, you know, that, that addition of AJ Brown, uh, wow, what a steal that was. Uh, you know, I mean, that was absolutely huge. Uh, it, it affected the team in so many ways. Uh, but, They've been able to cultivate those things and move forward. And, you know, now here they are uh, in Hertz's third season, and they're looking to push to the Super Bowl. So this is exactly what Poles has been preaching since he started there, and that is the team was in such a disarray, so much chaos, that it we had to go back to to ground zero and start all over again. And that meant uh, from the top management uh, all the way down to the guys that they found, uh, you know, in undrafted free agency or, you know, uh, off of other players' practice squads. It, it has to be... It had to be this complete uh, disassemble and reassemble uh, so that he can build in 2023 the kind of team that we have been hoping to see for since, since you know, the great teams of the 80s. And we could be that, we can be in that same league. So, you know, they, they, there's a lot of talk about uh, about the about the Vikings, right? You know, are they, aren't they, right? And you and I have talked a lot about, you know, <laughs> we don't buy that they are. Well, I was looking, um, I, I was curious about this because, as you said, we just got done playing one of the best teams in the NFL, right? We, you don't have to prove that. You just look at it statistically, and that's not even just their record. Their point differential is one of the best in the NFL, too. The Vikings, the middle of the pack. The, even though they have the third best record in the NFL, they they have the worst point differential. They have a, a, a lower point differential than a couple of teams that are 7-7. Seven and seven. So, you know, I mean, it. There's some, there is something uh, d- definitely different in that 
in that package <laughs> than there is in the Eagles package. I, I agree. And I think that Ryan pulls, I wouldn't be surprised if he went into this season with kind of the attitude of, I don't know if I want to keep a single person on this team because <laughs> the roster was a mess and I wouldn't surprise me at all if his attitude was, all right, I, I don't, I'm not committed to any of these guys. I don't know if any of them are going to be around, but let's see if, let's see who steps up and let's see who earns a spot going into next year. And obviously there's the top guys that were likely to be around. When you talk about fields, when you talk about Jalen Johnson, we know that you know, he, he, obviously his draft picks, but you're, you're, you were kind of left to look for, okay, who can do literally anything? Like who can we count on right. to be at least on the roster next year in some role, even if it's on special teams or backup linebacker, whatever the case might be, because you can't replace an entire roster in one offseason. So you need to find guys that can at least fill in to whatever role fits them best and do that job well. And I think the Bears have found a lot of those guys. I mentioned Jalen Jones. Uh, I was listening to Richard Hightower talking about how they think they think that Josh Blackwell the undrafted corner out of Duke, they said that they think he should be in, a, in the Pro Bowl for what he's done on special teams. So Yeah, the I, snubs I, I, were kind of interesting to read about this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think that the Bears have done a nice job of finding players that can kind of fill in the bottom part of that roster. And I think now, going into the next offseason, it's really just, all right, let's find our... Let's find the, the stars that we need to really turn this thing around because the NFL is a star league. You can have as many good special teams and kind of depth players as you want, but at some point you need stars to make star plays. I mean, we saw that uh, this last Sunday when the game kind of turned around on, first of all, that long run from Hertz and then the long pass in the fourth quarter where, John, where A.J. Brown beat Jalen Johnson and and that kind of sealed the, the game a little bit because it put the Eagles up by two possessions with five minutes to go and the Bears weren't going to come back from that. So it, that's just uh, – when when people say that this year has gone well, I, I think it has to a degree because you found out about the quarterback. I think they have found some decent players that can slide into depth roles going forward, and now the big test is going to be – can you find those star players in the draft and in free agency? And can you use your resources wisely? So obviously there's three games left to go. <laughs> things that things aren't getting better for the bears. It seems like they're losing a lot of guys to injuries recently, but once that off season starts, you know, Ryan Poles is, is very much on the clock because he's going to have a lot of money to spend and we're going to see how he chooses to spend it. Yeah. I did want to um, step back just for a second on when I was talking about the point differential, Philadelphia is number one, plus 143. Buffalo is two. San Francisco is three. Dallas is four. Kansas City is five, right? And the top four are all over 100. Kansas City is right there at plus 92. Seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. Minnesota, 12 at plus two. <laughs> so... There's something, uh, you know, there's something to be said about that. Um, the other thing uh, I, that uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about, 
is, um, of course, there's been a lot of talk about the offseason and, you know, the buzz, what's going to happen. Uh, the Bears going to stay locked at number two. Um, so I, the, the Eagles game actually made me think about that pick. If we just, you know, uh, playing it the way it is right now, let's say they end up with, with the two pick. They are in position, uh, they're, they're in about the best position that they could possibly be in, uh, and they will have the ability to trade down for, for multiple picks. But there's part of me that, after watching that particular game, that changed and said, maybe we need to look at at one of those top two defenders. And Jalen Carter, the the defensive tackle from Georgia, or uh, Anderson, the defensive end, uh, Will Anderson, the defensive end from um, Alabama. They, the team needs, as you were just saying, to have a true, uh, a true impact player, and we've got that now on the offense, but we don't have that on the defense. And when we were playing the Eagles, watching Javon Hargrave, uh, watching uh, Hassan Reddick, those guys were not low picks, you know. And there, that's one thing about why we make such a big deal about getting hitting in that first round, and especially hitting in the uh, in the top ten is that you have an opportunity to grab a guy that is supposed to be a quote-unquote generational talent, right? And you know, we've seen some of recent, you know, uh, uh, Miles Garrett, you know, comes to mind, right? Uh, you know, th- these, these are, you know, the, uh, the Watt, uh, you know, J.J. Uh, Watt. Um, yeah. Bo- Bosa. Bosa. Right. Yeah. Those are those guys. Um, the chances of you drafting one of those guys in the not top ten <laughs> dwindles very, very quickly down to tiny percentages. Uh, it's just like drafting a, an, an all pro quarterback uh, and they're the all pro quarterback on on your defensive side of the ball. And so. I think that's, I'm hoping that's the way that Poles is looking at it as, you know, is it is it that we trade back and take a different guy? Because uh, there will be other positions, you know, maybe they look at left tackle because that's another another position that gets talked about in, the, in that number. But, um, you know, the one, the, the one position that has been talked about a lot since... Eberflus was hired. Is that three technique DT? Yeah, and there's going to be a great one in the top. A five. great like, one, like Jalen Carter from Georgia. So it's a question that honestly I don't know the answer to, and I would be fascinated to hear what they're discussing inside of Hallis Hall because it's like, all right, what's more valuable to your your defense long term? Is it to get the elite? generational player or is it to 
trade backs, you can get three really, really good players. I, I, I don't know the answer to that, right? So it depends on a lot of things. It depends on what their opinions are of the defensive players that are at the top of the draft. It depends how the quarterbacks that are eligible to be drafted perform in the draft process and how many quarterbacks are, are really coveted inside of that top five. It depends how far you would trade back. It depends on just all of these different variables. So sure. that's going to be the really interesting thing to to see. And, and the Bears might try to hold out. And if they don't get the deal they want, then maybe they'll just hold the pick and they'll take the 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 great player that's going to be available in the top five. If, if they get a steal from somebody, like let's say if, uh, if, if the standings hold right now and the Bears are picking at two, the team that would be right behind them is Seattle. So right. Seattle, because Seattle owns Denver's pick. Yep. So if, let's say, Seattle, I mean, Geno Smith's had a nice year, but I, I find it hard to believe that they're building around Geno Smith. So if they fall in love with a quarterback and that quarterback is going to go second overall, and the Bears can basically go to them and say, hey, we've got three other teams that want this pick. Give me your best offer. And Seattle sells the farm, then great, because then you're only falling back one spot. You're picking up extra picks, and Seattle's going to take the quarterback anyway, so the player that the Bears want is still there. Yeah. But that's kind of the dream scenario, right? Say Seattle doesn't want to take a quarterback or – whoever is the second best quarterback on the board just completely flops in the combine or in his interviews or whatever, then maybe nobody wants that second pick and the bears just say, all right, then we're going to end up taking whatever defensive player or offensive lineman we, we think is the best. So there's just a million different ways that it can play out, but, and it's, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, it, 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 it is certainly not ideal that we're talking about the draft already, but, <laughs> you know, hopefully this is the last year. That, hopefully this is the last year where we have to be talking about the draft before the season even ends, right? And how the Bears manage that top, you know, hopefully two pick is is going to be basically the first step in hopefully making this team at least putting this team at least into the playoff contention <laughs> starting next year. Yeah, I mean, um, actually, I, I stand corrected. Hargrave was actually a third round pick, but. Um, but my point, you get my point. Uh, it's uh, when you're in the top five, uh, to me, there's only three positions that you consider. Quarterback, left tackle, defensive end, defensive tackle. Um, you know, any, it, it, one of those two to me are interchangeable in the fact that you got to have somebody that can break up the line. In our particular uh, case, Flus really needs an outstanding guy in the middle there. Uh, that and it's going to affect the rest of the line, right? So, um, you know, it. I, I'm I'm still uh, I'm still writing uh, polls, coattails. Um, I, I I think this guy really uh, knows what he's doing. I, I think uh, he is a GM that is uh, smarter than any of the rest of the guys that we've had, um, and I love the fact that. Uh, he was an outstanding football player in his own right. Uh, you know, that was another thing that uh, is, 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 to me, is a big factor in how this turns out. Uh, I love that he decided to go get a, an assistant 
GM. So, you know, it was it, that he, he, he realized, you know what, this is a pretty big job. I should have somebody that's, you know, ultra qualified right next to me, you know, uh, helping out. I thought that, I think that's smart. Um, so far, I, I think that he has done a really good job. Um, I think the one ding uh, that I would put on him is, uh, you know, it's it's looking like um, Valus Jones was uh, was a pretty bad pick. Um, I mean, I remember reading right after the draft that they liked Jones going into the draft, but they were expecting him to be they're they're hoping him to be available in that fifth round because um, we didn't have a fourth round pick. Uh, so it looks like he probably pulled the trigger. Okay, he pulled the trigger too early on that pick. He could still play out though, right? I mean, uh, he he could he could still be um, a better player. Maybe not. Maybe he's a total bust. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll say for Jones. I mean, for, for Bears fans that are kind of rooting for losses at this point because they want that draft pick. Vilas Jones is doing God's work out there. (laughs) (laughs) This past Sunday was, I think, the third one-possession game that the Bears have lost that Jones had, like, a critical fumble in. Yep. It's And just, I mean, you feel bad for the kid because they keep giving him opportunities, and he keeps messing them up in just different ways. He, He couldn't catch punts, and then... At receiver, he had a couple of big drops, and now even when you get him the ball in space, he, he loses it against the Eagles. I mean, it, it's been a really rough start to his career. I mean, people are saying that they should just take him out and just make him a healthy scratch for the rest of the year. I'm like, keep giving him the ball. I mean, what's yeah. what's, to lo- what's to lose at this point? I exactly. Mean, I, I understand, like, fumbling is the fastest way to get benched, but these games are so meaningless right now. I mean... Let him see if he can learn from his mistakes or take some of the coaching that they're hopefully giving him about how to keep the ball more secure. I mean, what's the point of benching him now? It, it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, the, the season is basically over from a from from a competition standpoint. But you know, what do you, why why not use these last three games to try to maybe get some positives into the guy's head going into next year because it's been a really rough, a really rough rookie year for him, unfortunately. Yeah. I think overall, though, um, if you look at his draft, what he had to work with, I think it came out pretty good. Um, another uh, thing in, in the draft uh, that I've changed uh, pretty drastically on is I am more and more thinking that at least for the Bears right now, uh, using a high draft pick on a receiver, I don't see it. Um, receivers are, you know, that I realize that that's not a popular opinion, uh, and there's a lot of uh, a, a lot of high drafted guys that you know that they could say, hey, you know, this guy's a perfect example. That's true, but you know what? Um, Stephon Diggs was a fifth rounder. You know, and uh, he he's arguably one of the best receivers in the NFL. Jefferson uh, is like 18, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the thing is, is that and the uh, football in general, all the way down into high school, has become passing, primarily passing, right? It is in, it is in college. 
And the NFL, it, that's what it's all about. So I just believe that there's a lot, there's going to be a lot more to choose from as far as receivers go uh, versus, you know, say even five years ago. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, taking a, a receiver at two, I just kind of don't love in general. I know the game has become more and more pass friendly, but, and I know it worked out for the Bengals when they took Chase. He's awesome and he's, you know, potentially going to help them get really far into the playoffs again, if not back to the Super Bowl. But, but like you said, I, I think you can find really good receivers in the late first round or the early second round or even later in the draft. And, I just think that there's premium positions that you can really only get at the top of the draft, and and that's where I would prefer they go. I mean, the old-school football adage of, like, you have to build through the trenches, that still is true to a degree. And Absolutely. Taking offensive and defensive linemen in the early part of the first round is a good way to start building up your team and then you kind of build from the inside out as they say so I, I agree plus I mean they they did just invest a lot in Claypool and you hope that he's a big part of the offense next year even though it hasn't gone great so far but if Claypool and Mooney are back then you've already kind of got at least two hopefully pretty good receivers I, I wouldn't really be very I, I would say that if they go with receiver in the top five, that would be surprising to me at this point. Yeah, and you know, the thing is, is that I think that polls uh, next year um, in the offseason with receiver, I have a feeling he does what he did with the offensive line this year, and that was he just brought in a gob of guys, you know. It's just like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to pick out some guys that uh, have a lot of raw talent, um, you know, some great physical attributes, and I'm just going to bring a bunch of them in there as a as a as a block, and you know just weed through the guys. I, I could see him doing that with with receiver because uh, there's every year there's you know 40 receivers that get selected now. You know it, it's not that long ago that a bunch of those picks were going to running back, but running mm-hmm. back doesn't have the premium that it used to anymore. And so that's the thing is is that. You know, we got to look at those premium positions, right? And while we definitely need help at receiver, uh, and they definitely, uh, Poles is going to want to look at least somewhere in the higher picks uh, at, you know, uh, getting one of those guys. Uh, I, I just, I, I'm, I would rather see them focus, as you just said, on the lines, um, yeah, and, you, and just one one good comp, and it's I mean a lot of people made fun of the Jaguars last off season because they spent a lot of money on Christian Kirk and Zay Zay Jones and Evan Ingram, who were all like pretty decent NFL receivers, but a lot of people thought they overpaid for those guys. But that's working out pretty well. Yeah, they just got a lot of like very good wide receivers. They didn't invest a top pick or a ton of money into quote-unquote, the guy, right? But they got a lot of really solid receivers in there, and, you know, it seems to be working out pretty well for them, and Trevor Lawrence is finally looking like that elite prospect that everybody thought he was coming out of the draft, so... Yeah, and you know... It wouldn't surprise um, me if the Bears go a similar route, and they've already got, you know, they've already got three 
receivers, if you include Col- Cole Komet, that are serviceable to definitely you know, having the having the potential to be really good when you talk about Claypool. So I have a feeling that's more the route they're going to go. And I know the free agent class isn't great, but I, I just don't see the Bears investing that high pick or trading a significant amount for T. Higgins or you know whoever else Bears fans are. Have, have kind of been dreaming about, right? I think that they're going to go heavy at other positions, and I think they're going to try to build up a solid wide receiver room, but maybe not go all in on the one guy, kind of like the Eagles did with A.J. Brown. And, you know, um, you made a couple of interesting points in there because uh, first you mentioned Cincinnati. You know, most people, uh, the most of the talking heads were looking at Cincinnati and saying they need to take Penny Sewell. Right. And um, that so far is looking like a pretty good pick by the Detroit Lions. Um, you know, while they did get Chase and Chase's top five receiver in the NFL, they already had Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. Tyler Boyd is arguably, arguably better than any player that we have, you know? So, and he's their three. Um, T Higgins, uh, I, I like T Higgins a lot and I he's think way better than anybody on the bears <laughs> by far. Uh, I think he's a one. I, I really do. And, um, uh, it'll be interesting to see cause you know, I've talked to you about him being restricted free agent. Um, it will be interesting to see how he is tendered, uh, coming in the off season because I just don't see how Cincinnati affords to tender him as a one. I don't think they do. I think they tender him as a two. And giving up a second-round draft pick for T. Higgins? Sign me up. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, but back to Sewell, uh, you're talking about investing in an offensive tackle for the next maybe decade, right? Um that to me is a cornerstone place. Receivers, I noticed that their their longevity is growing shorter and shorter, and I think that is uh, two things. One, you do take some damage as a receiver, right? Uh, you know these uh, you know th- these D backs are getting bigger and stronger, um, but also. The fact that, as I mentioned, we have this huge crop of them that comes in every year, which, you know, uh, it, 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 it flattens the curve, right? I mean, you're still always going to have some elite guys. You have elite guys at every position on the field. But the general group, I think that general group is going to start to bulge a lot, and you're going to start to see that there's a lot of guys that maybe weren't noticed that uh, actually if they got that chance to be that better player, they would be, um, it it would, would, you know, they could maybe make that jump. I think Kirk is a good example. Uh, He has made a good jump, not a huge jump, but a good jump. And yeah, he was a bit expensive for what he is. But you know what? That's just the way the player salaries go. Yeah, and you need to give your young quarterback weapons. So, yeah, I, I just think that 
the Bears already have enough at that position. And, you know, the Bengals, like you said, they had a lot at receiver too, and they elected to go with Chase. And, I mean, it's worked out for them. So, you know, there's, there's different philosophies. I, I just have a feeling with polls and just knowing that he's an offensive line background and just hearing about how he talks about the importance of offensive line and, you know, kind of when, when you're – well, when you're talking about offensive line being important, then it's it's not that far of a leap to think that he also thinks defensive line is really important. I just have a feeling that's how he's going to go with it. Yeah, and uh, you know, um, I, while we're talking here, um, I just saw some. I'm, I'm seeing some video clips of Micah Parsons. Uh, I mean, can you imagine the difference of that Dallas team without him? I mean, <laughs> he is a one man wrecking crew. You know. Uh, so to me, those lines, that's where a, f- a lot of focus needs to be in this off season. The offensive line must be stabilized. The defensive line has to get some true playmakers in it because when you've got 12 after the game saying, yeah, not a single bear even touched me and I actually fell down on one play. You know, shut your trap, buddy, and get out of Chicago. But, <laughs> but I mean, you know, seriously, they they literally did not touch him. That that can't happen. Yeah, I agree. Um, do you want to do? You want to do power rankings? Yeah, let's. Uh, yeah, let's. Um, let's uh, pull that up. Oh, uh, and the uh, the other thing, um, you know, uh, I thought that was. Um, I did think that the last couple of games, uh, I felt like, as you said, I, I enjoyed the games, even though they were losses. Um, <laughs> Fields, Fields' speed. Am, <laughs> is it just me, or do all the rest of the guys on the field look like they're in slow motion? <laughs> it, it feels that way. I mean... You see the difference between him and Hertz. Even I mean, the Bears got some shots in on Hertz. On Hertz, like and, and they did too, too. Like they popped him before he was going into a slide. I mean, you, you don't you see Fields getting hit a lot after he's kind of going to the ground, but we haven't seen him take those big shots in the open field, and that's just because he's the most athletic person out there. I mean, Hertz is incredibly athletic too, but Hertz is a little bit of a, a different style. Hertz is kind of a big, like, power lifting type of guy, and he's not not afraid of contact, but Fields is just so fast and so elusive that it feels like team that it feels like guys just can't even really get a get a get a good angle on him. And that's I think just why he just looks like he's just kinda running around people that are going at half speed it's it's fun to watch yeah i i mean uh the the athleticism that's why that's why i came up with next gen i I do i i love that as a nickname for him just because he the the kind of athlete he is for the size he is is pretty insane um okay so uh here we go uh i don't know what that one was all right uh, the power rankings here, and of course, we're starting it off. Uh, let's see. In addition to our updated rankings, we checked in with the NFL Nation reporters across the league and asked them to name one player 
or coach on every team who has been a pleasant surprise this season. From rookies to veterans to interim coaches, these individuals stuck out from the rest in a good way. Uh, number one, of course, is the Eagles. They maintain their rank. Their pleasant surprise, Miles Sanders. I think that's a pretty good pick. Uh, let's, uh, the Bills at number two. They're, they're your number two. They moved up from number three to number two. Pleasant surprise, defensive tackle Daquan Jones. He has been a good pick. Yeah, he'll, that's the Bears' opponent this week, and he, he should have uh, plenty of <laughs> opportunities because it doesn't sound like Whitehair or Jenkins is going to play. So I don't know who the Bears are even going to have on the offensive line, but uh, it's going to be another game where you're going to need Justin Fields to kind of turn chicken you-know-what into chicken salad because he's not going to have a lot of help up front. Wow, this one is interesting. Number seven is the Vikings. Pleasant surprise. A cornerback from the Bears. Duke Shelley. (laughs) Duke Shelley. At one point this season, the Vikings had three of their top four cornerbacks, Dantzler, Evans, and Booth, on injured reserve. Shelley, a four-year veteran, signed to the practice squad in week one has helped them navigate that distress better than anyone could have imagined. He didn't get a single defensive snap until week 10, but has started two games and made game-saving plays in both of them. Although Dantzler is back from injured reserve, and it appears that Shelley has, uh, it appears that Shelley has supplanted him as the starter opposite Patrick Peterson. Wow. Got his hands on five passes in week 12. Yeah, good for good for him. Duke Shelley was always a player that I actually thought was a little underrated when he was on the Bears. I was actually a little surprised that they let him go and kept. Agreed. I, I just um, thought so. he was a little small. Yeah, but I'm, I mean, I'm glad he's doing well. And the Vikings, they just they kind of have that 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 horseshoe up their butt, right? I mean, that game against Indianapolis, they looked as bad as a football team could look for the first half, and then. Ended it with the biggest comeback in NFL history to win the game. So yeah, I, I had some choice words about that this week. Uh, I'm I'm not nearly as impressed as a lot of the people out there uh, when they did that against a four win team. Um, <laughs> that that it should it shouldn't have been that awful uh, to begin with. Um, but uh, you know uh, we'll we'll see what happens to that team. Um, I'm still not impressed with the Vikings at all. I, 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 uh, I'm not impressed, uh, that, uh, Kirk Cousins got voted to the Pro Bowl. Um, no, it's not Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is the same player that he's always been. It's just that he happens to have the best receiver in the world on the same team as him. Um, you know, uh, in fact, they, they were talking about, uh, Cousins QBR, which is like in the middle of the pack. Uh, there was, a strong argument on ESPN that Jared Goff, who I eat my words, I thought about this week, I hereby eat my words for saying Jared Goff sucks. <laughs> the, the Lions have said that they're they're building around Goff. They, they have committed to him going forward. Now, teams say things like that, and they turn around and draft a quarterback all the time. So yep. we'll, we'll see if... Uh, actions match their words, but at least publicly they've said that they're standing 
behind him and um you see why he's been he has been really good yeah he has a higher qb a higher qbr than than cousins does uh i think he actually i think he actually has better statistics than cousins in every single uh in every single spot well and like what's really going to be interesting is and i'm maybe i'm getting ahead of things because we're not around the division yet but it's not that crazy of a scenario that if the vikings win out and the Lions win out, that it would not be the craziest thing in the world that the first-round playoff matchup is Detroit coming to Minnesota. <laughs> who, would, who, would, who would be favored in that game? I mean, we just saw Detroit whoop Minnesota. Now that was in Detroit. Yeah. But I think the Lions are, are better than the Vikings. The Lions are, are playing really good football right now, and yeah, if you're going to eat your words on Goff, and I have to eat my words on, on Dan Campbell. They've, they've proven us both wrong, and they've got the Lions in position to, to make the playoffs as long as they take care of business through these last three weeks, and their schedule's not that tough. The Lions play the Panthers, the Bears, and the Packers. So. I think uh, the Lions absolutely, from top to bottom, are playing better football than the, than the Vikings. But, you know, I... Again, I think that the only reason that the Vikings are where they are is because of one player, literally because of Justin Jefferson. If he is not on the field for that team this year, I think you're looking at a 500 squad. Yeah, agreed. Um, there's, I mean, he's he's in the MVP conversation now. He's not going to win. No, nah, he's not going to win because he was a, he's a receiver, but he probably should. But being in the conversation as a receiver just shows you how important he's been to that team. Uh, he's 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 amazing. He's um, ridiculous. He is. And yeah, the Vikings. Other than that, I mean, it's, just, it's been a disappointment. I mean, their defense is just awful. Yeah, it's a joke. Uh, you know, and the thing is, is uh, you know, uh, if you, hopefully, I, I'm hoping that this this comes to us too uh, at some point. Uh, you know, uh, the, the the Packers went from. Went from four to twelve, and uh, the Vikings went from Diggs to to Jefferson. So we're next. <laughs> we're supposed to we're supposed to get something like that. So, um, uh, oh, number twelve is the Lions. Uh, their pleasant surprise is linebacker James Houston, nicknamed the Problem. Houston is living up to the name. The Jackson State product has been wreaking havoc all over the past four weeks. Rookie was elevated from the practice squad ahead of the Thanksgiving Day game uh, against Buffalo and has been a solid contributor registering five sacks in his first four career games. Wow, that's pretty solid. And yeah, that, that D, I mean, and, and Hutchinson has just been out of this world. I mean, wow. There you go. There's yeah, another yeah. example of what you do with a top five pick. That guy, I mean... He's only a rookie. Can you imagine how good he's going to be next year? Oh, he's going to be he a might, wrecking machine. He might have like seven sacks against the Bears in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I, hope, I hope not, but it could happen. Uh, number 19 is the Packers at 6-8. and eight. Pleasant surprise, cornerback kick returner Keeson Nixon, who signed for $965,000 in March, he's a fourth-year veteran. Uh, he leads the NFL in kick return average, uh, and he has eight-plus returns of 30-plus yards. 
Okay, yeah, that's enough. I was I was watching that. Did you watch their game against the Rams on Monday night? I saw some of it. Like every time that guy touched the ball, he was taking it out of the end zone and getting to midfield. I was like, how is this guy not been the Packers kick returner all year? Every (laughs) single time, it was like forty five yards, and it was he's good. I've never heard of him. Sounds like most people haven't heard of him, but. Yeah, he he put on a show, at least against the Rams, who are bad. But, I mean, he's definitely, he's got some wheels. Okay, and so the Bears, what number are they? Last week, they were 30. Uh, I mean, you got to have them at 31, right? Nope. They moved up from 30 to 27. <laughs> I guess they only lost by five to the Eagles, so, yeah. Pleasant surprise. They, 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 moved, they, they moved up to 27? They moved up to 27. All right, so they're ahead of the Texans, the Cardinals, yep. the Broncos, yep. the Rams, yep. and one more. Yep. That's, that's math, right? Um, are they ahead of, I don't know, who else would they be ahead of? The team that was leading 33-0 to zero oh, and ended up yeah, losing. Okay. Well, the Colts are starting are starting Nick Foles this week, so they shouldn't even be the Colts on stink. Power you know, it's like this. Oh my God, this amazing victory! They suck. They they shouldn't have been. They should have been up thirty three to zero anyway. It was only because the Vikings were playing like crap in the first half. Yeah, so. man, they got up to thirty three nothing without Jonathan Taylor too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah I know. Start of the game. So. Yeah, uh, he was on my fantasy team. So like, I, I was watching that first that first half, and I was just while I was watching with my family, and I was just like, I don't even know what to say about this. Like the Vikings should just voluntarily just remove themselves from the playoffs if, if they're going to lose by this margin to the Colts. I mean. Just let the Lions get in, but I mean, obviously they did come back and win. But yeah, it's definitely not a team you want to be down five touchdowns to. Yeah, um, those the teams they're going to play in the playoffs, um, namely the number one Philadelphia Eagles, are going to be a little bit better than the Indianapolis Colts, I think. Oh yeah, um, I mean, and that's that's with, right. With the, the Eagles yeah. have already pummeled the crap out of you once this year so <laughs> yeah but i mean the eagles the thing is now with hurts being injured potentially i mean the, the ramifications of that are are huge but you know hopefully hopefully it's not serious for jalen hurts because you hate seeing a, a, a great season like he's having derailed by injury i want to go back to the packers really quick because they're, they're actually kind of connected to the lions in kind of an interesting way uh obviously the packers play the dolphins this week so that's a tough matchup the Dolphins are favored I think they'll probably beat the Packers but if the Packers find a way to win that game then their path to the playoffs is to beat Kirk Cousins at Lambeau and to beat Jared Goff at Lambeau and that week 17 game if it is like Packers Lions winning in like you just imagine the storylines around that game with Jared Goff going to Lambo for potentially Rogers' last game. Winner goes in as the seventh seed, and maybe <laughs> play the Vikings. Like, just what a what a storyline that would be. Definitely. Okay, if, if, so if, if you're a Bears fan and you you want bad things to happen to the Packers, you better be really hoping that the Dolphins win because if the Packers find a way this week, then. Like I said, it's not the craziest thing that Rodgers could beat Cousins and Goff in consecutive weeks at Lambeau. And if they do that, they might actually find a way in. That would be kind of cool. Um, okay, so real quick, uh, finishing up the power rankings. 
The pleasant surprise. Do you have a guess? For the Bears? Yep. Um, oh, boy. Um, I don't know. Maybe Khalil Herbert? Left tackle Braxton Jones. Yeah. The fifth-round pick from Southern Utah had no issue holding his own against FBS defensive linemen during the Senior Bowl, which initially caught Chicago's attention as the Bears look to shore up that protection of quarterback Justin Fields' blindside. Although the Bears have struggled at times with pass protection, not much of that pressure is being allowed by the left side of the O-line. Jones has taken every snap at tackle and has exceeded all expectations, turning in one of the best seasons of all rookie tackles, five sacks, four hits, and 24 hurries allowed, while developing into a mainstay on the Bears' offensive line. Thank you, Courtney Cronin, for recognizing that kid. Um, maybe my right behind Jaquan Brisker as my favorite pick in the draft. Uh, I, I love to see a, a kid from uh, you know pretty much nowhere uh, come and, uh, and and make a statement like that. Uh, he's really had to play against some extremely elite players. I think overall he's done a pretty darn good job. The fact that he's played every snap on the line and he's the only player that's done that, uh, I think really bodes well for um, the future. Yeah, I agree with all that. I think he's been serviceable, which for a rookie that was drafted in the fifth round is you know actually pretty impressive. And it'll be interesting to see what he comes back for his second year looking like. I'm sure they're going to want him to get stronger in the offseason. I'm sure that they're going to be asking a lot from him because if he's done the job he has, considering where he was drafted, I think that you know he's definitely going to be an important part of the line going into next year. We'll see if that's at left tackle or if that's at somewhere else, but certainly somebody that you weren't really expecting a ton from and like you said, to play every snap and to not look completely overmatched, you know? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Okay, so uh, on to the games real quick. Uh, around the horn, uh, we got uh, Giants at Vikings. The matchup predictor has Vikings 70%, Giants 30%, uh, Minnesota by four. What do you got? Yeah, I mean... The Vikings are better than the Giants, but <laughs> is, this, is this also a game where Saquon Barkley could just run it for 300 yards and keep Kirk Cousins on the sidelines for 40 minutes? Maybe. I mean, Maybe. the Vikings defense can't can't stop anything. So um, I think the Vikings are going to win. Um, it's just like another another week where it's just like, gosh, the Vikings, they just have had the easiest schedule, it seems like. Other other than the games against the Cowboys and the Eagles, which you know they both got they, they got destroyed in both of them. <laughs> it, it feels like every week they're either playing somebody shitty in Minneapolis or they're going on the road and playing somebody that is either shitty or that is has a bunch of injuries or something else weird going on. So yeah, I mean it seems like another winnable game for them and the nice thing is with them too, because San Francisco keeps winning. That last game of the year is probably going to matter for the Vikings now, so it, it reduces the chances that the Bears are going to ruin their draft position by beating the Vikings' backups. So, yeah, I, I think so, um, too. Not to mention, I think that uh, that uh, O'Connell, uh, I have a feeling that he uh, he plays his guys anyway. 
I, I, I think so. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think the Vikings probably win again this weekend. And yep. And I mean, their last two games are on the road in, in Lambeau and then coming to Chicago. So, um, they could get they could get thumped by uh, Green Bay. Green Bay is playing a lot better now. Um, I, I idiot boy over there looks like he is you know at least got his head screwed on a little bit better now and uh their offense is playing better but um uh you know they're they're unimpressive team too uh the let's see here um the green bay versus green bay at miami uh, Miami 59% versus Green Bay 41%. Miami by four and a half. What do you got? Yeah, uh, touched on this one a little bit already. Kind of a must-win game for, for both teams, actually. I mean, certainly a must-win for the Packers. If they lose, then I think they're mathematically out of it. Yep. But the Dolphins need this one, too. They haven't been playing great, and they're actually down to the seventh seed in the AFC now. So, um, you know, it's it's... A situation where I think the Dolphins are certainly better than the Packers. The Dolphins' offense has been able to put up points this year, even against good defenses. The Packers, even like last week against the Rams at Lambeau, didn't look great. They have been playing better. It does seem like Rodgers has built a little bit more chemistry with some of those younger receivers, and you know they they need this one. And you never you never want to count Aaron Rodgers out. I mean he he has consistently found a way throughout his career. We'll see if this is his last kind of stand or if if they lose this week, then then they're pretty much done. And then they're kind of playing spoiler for the Vikings and the Lions. So I think the Dolphins probably will win. I, I just think that those two receivers that they have are going to find a way to get open versus this Packers defense that is really underachieved. Um, but, you know, it's it's also Aaron Rodgers versus Tua. So you never count 12 out until he's out. That's right. Uh, to me, that's that's what it's about. Um, you, you can't count 12 out. Uh, however, uh, I do like the Dolphins uh, in this. You know, they're coming off three straight road losses. Uh, in the two previous home games, they scored over 30 points in both of those wins. However, they were against terrible teams. Um, but, uh, I, I think it's enough. Um, I think the, the juice of being back home after, uh, being on the road for three games, uh, you know, pushes them over. Uh, I like, uh, Tago Valioa, uh, quite a bit. Um, and he has had a pretty outstanding year. Uh, you know, I'd look for him to, uh, bounce back in this. Um, probably, uh, you know, both of his receivers, uh, are back to full strength uh, in this next game. Yep. Yeah, it'll be a fun one. That's the standalone game on Christmas Day, which a couple of weeks ago kind of looked like a bit of a stinker, but because the <laughs> Packers have found a way to win a couple of games here, it's actually pretty meaningful for both sides. So that should be a fun one. So then we got uh, Detroit uh, at Carolina, and um, Carolina did suck, and they still suck. Uh <laughs> The uh, matchup predictor has, oh, this is interesting. Matchup predictor has Carolina 59, Detroit 41. Even though Detroit, it's Detroit by two and a half on the line. Um, I think uh, that 
the Lions light them up. Yeah, I mean, Carolina's playing a little better uh, ever since they, I think, I mean, they're on to Sam Darnold now. He's like their fifth quarterback this year, but he's played better than any of the ones before him. But I I agree with you. The Lions are playing great. I think that they're kind of smelling blood in the water a little bit, and I think that they're going to go down to Carolina and, and take care of business. They have a lot to play for. They could get to the playoffs for the first time since I don't even remember the last time <laughs> the Lions made the playoffs. I think I was in college. Uh, you so, might not have been born. <laughs> yeah. so like, and not only, not only can they make the playoffs, like they can make some noise because the rest of the teams in the NFC are, are very flawed. I mean, you've got the, the Eagles, right? I mean, they're obviously the best team, but with the quarterback uncertainty, I mean, they're they're vulnerable if they're starting Gardner Minshew. And then there's the Vikings, who we've talked about at length. The 49ers are on their third quarterback. The Cowboys are the Cowboys. And I mean, <laughs> I mean it's going to be like Washington or New York or Seattle. I mean, these teams all, those teams all stink. So yeah. the, the, the Lions are, are hot right now. And I can't see any reason why they couldn't make the playoffs and, and go on the road and, and give some teams some problems. So I think they're motivated. They're, they, they see an opportunity and I, I think they're going to go down there. I'm with you. I think they're going to go down there and, and take care of business. Yeah. So, uh, that leaves us with, um, uh, just, just the boys, uh, Buffalo coming to town. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, it's a, it, it's another, you know, top team. Um, we, while Minnesota definitely, as far as, uh, how the, 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 the schedule went this year, they definitely had the ball bounce in their, in, in their favor. And the bears were on the exact opposite end of it. Uh, I was looking at that strength of schedule. Uh, the bears strength of schedule 574 was way above all the rest of the teams around them. Um, it, it's, it, it, this is a, you know, a mismatch. This is a, a, a good, solidly built team, a balanced team, a good leader, a guy that can kill you with his arm and his legs. Um, you know, deadly, uh, deadly receiver. Uh, and, you know, their their defense is, uh, is monster. Yeah, I mean, what could make this one a little fun is I think the weather might be kind of crazy down there. I think it's supposed to be very cold and also very windy. So that might play in the Bears' Bears favor a little bit because unlike the Eagles, the Bills try to beat you through the air. So if if they can't pass as well, then their running game isn't as strong as the Eagles, but obviously a much better team than the Bears. It's a game that Buffalo absolutely has to have because – you know, if you look at the Bills, every move that they make is aimed at trying to beat the Chiefs in the playoffs, which they've never done, but they've also never played the Chiefs in Buffalo yeah. during the playoffs. So they, they need home field, and to get home field, they probably have to win out. So I think last week might have been a, a little bit of a sleepy spot for the Eagles. I, I don't think you're going to get that with the Bills. I think they're going to show up ready to play. I think they'll beat the Bears. I don't know if they'll cover the spread. Uh, yeah, Buffalo by eight. Yeah, it's a lot of points, especially when Justin Fields has shown an ability to put up points, even when he's playing with literally nothing else around him. So, yeah, I mean, it'll, it might be a pretty similar game to the one we just watched, actually, where yeah. 
the bills are just way better. Um, the weather might make this one a little bit, yeah, a, a little bit more fun, and maybe you get some weird bounces in there. Um, and you know, if nothing else, it's it's Justin Fields versus Josh Allen, which which will be entertaining. So this is interesting. Um, this is Josh Allen, who's the team leader in passing and rushing. Versus Justin Fields, who is the team leader in passing and rushing. (laughs) This is just what we were talking about, right? Uh, So uh, that's, uh, I I don't remember seeing that, like, ever. That might be a a first. I don't know if it's, uh, I mean, unless, I mean, because this hurts the leading rusher on the Eagles. Uh. I don't know about. I don't think so because Miles Sanders has had a pretty good year. Yeah, either, either way, it's a pretty pretty crazy stat. I wonder. I, I wonder if that's happened before. Uh, yeah, I bet it hasn't happened too much. That's for sure. Um, uh, no, uh, Hertz is not. Miles Sanders, two hundred fifteen carries for one thousand one hundred ten yards and eleven touchdowns. Outstanding. Uh, but. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, there is a note on here, you know, uh, that um, Minshew is playing. I don't think that Hurts is um, is uh, is going to have to go into the playoffs. Um, hurt. I, I it just I, I just have a hunch about it that you know that if uh, if he really had to be out there, um, and, you know, playoff uh, playoff spot on the line or in the playoffs, he'd probably be playing this week. Yeah, I think so too. They 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 pretty much got the first overall seed locked up. So, yeah, yep. and there was some noise about him maybe playing this week anyway. So hopefully it's not a long term thing. You'd hate to see him be affected, his play get affected by injury at this point. Cause he's had such a great year. You know that that game against Dallas is interesting because um, uh, you know Dallas is obviously a better team at at home, uh, but man. That team is, like you said, it's Dallas just being Dallas. They're a weird team. Sometimes they look amazing, and other times they look like crap. Yeah, it's like, I mean, yeah, I mean, the Cowboys losing a game that they should win, it happens all the time. So the, well, the Eagles are, are certainly not are not guaranteed to lose this game just because they're starting their backup. I mean, Dallas finds a way to lose winnable games multiple times a year. <laughs> they definitely do. Well, that's it uh, for us. Um, uh, we'll be uh, watching the game. Hopefully it's uh, enjoyable. And uh, make sure to, um, you know, uh, write some comments. Oh, yeah, give them the stuff, Jim. Yeah, follow us on Twitter at Bears underscore scat. Uh, if you're going to the game this week, be safe. Um, I think it's supposed to be a situation where the wind chill, I think, is going to be, like, below zero, so... If you're going to the game, stay warm. Um, if you're smart, watch it on TV. But as always, thanks again for listening. I uh, really appreciate everyone tuning back in. Thanks a lot. Bear down.